Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am now joined by a fellow Blue Wireian. Blue Wireian. I don't know what to. I don't. I was going to go with something to describe us, but two Blue Wire pods guys, and I'm excited because. There's a lot of NBA stuff to cover. There's a lot of Milwaukee Bucks stuff to cover. Uh, the Hawks are fixed, so everything's good there. We don't have to talk about the Atlanta Hawks anymore. Things are great. Things are good. We'll excuse that uh, loss last night against the Toronto Raptors. Didn't happen. Who cares? Ty <laughs> Windish. Uh, the, is it Gyrostep? Euro, Eurostep? Eurostep. Okay. Um, the easiest way to remember it is the one that's the same as the basketball one. Same, okay. It's the same pronunciation. But whenever I look at it, I always... Uh, you know i always oh, yeah. just it it just plays a trick on me um but either way ty how are you doing man i'm good i'm good happy to be back on the exceptional chase thomas podcast and i think the official term is blue wire right but blue i'll, have, right. To, I'll, I'll have to consult yeah. the uh the brand guide that i don't know if it actually exists probably does somewhere that, that i'll have clearance to see um but let's go with blue wire right i think that has a good sound to it I'm okay with that. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm ready for the merch to open back up. I like. I was looking for the blue wire hoodie, of course. Like when I was waiting to do it, I was like, "I'm cold. I need a blue wire hoodie." It was like, <laughs> "Oh right, uh, all that stuff's messed up uh, across the United States and everywhere at the moment." So, uh, looking forward to that. But folks, if you want to get some blue wire merch, there's still some good stuff like the Stay Out podcast and other mm-hmm. stuff like that on BlueWireShop.com. So go check that out if you have not already done so. And then go check out all the great shows on Blue Wire Pod Network, BlueWirePods.com, like this guy's pod on the Milwaukee Bucks right here. So, Ty, let's start with what you've been watching in basketball in the past week. I know you mostly focus on the NBA. Um, you got uh, your uh, your Saints. Uh, I am wearing Falcon stuff just for you because I remember you telling me you were a Saints fan out there in Milwaukee. But um, what uh, what have you been watching outside of the Bucks as of late? Um, for sports, it's pretty much just the Bucks, honestly. Um, so you're not watching uh, any other NBA teams at the moment, really? Not, not really. Um, really, just whoever's playing the Bucks. I'm actually uh, looking to move within like a week. So, oh. in addition to day job and Buck stuff, I just unfortunately haven't had a ton of time. I want to catch more games. Although it sounds like outside of like the Sixers and still the Suns. Feels like a lot of the good teams are faltering a bit right now. So maybe I'm not missing that much great basketball with KD out. You know, um, the, the Bulls have a few guys out. The Warriors have a few guys out. The Jazz big two guys are out. So maybe it's a good time to be a, a little bit busy. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, I don't know. It feels like we've kind of settled across the board. I feel like we have a pretty good idea of where everybody is. The biggest surprise in the NBA, of course, being the Memphis Grizzlies and how ahead of scheduled they are. Um, what do you what do you make of the Grizzlies? Because I Jaw is amazing. Jaw's a lot of fun. Um, I seem to recall a lot of people who were laughing off the I would still rather have Jaw than Zion, uh, because of what the certainty of Jaw, where people were like, it's not a one two, Zion's a trans just a transcendent prospect and all of that. And all that's true. Like when you watch Zion Williamson play basketball it's just otherworldly especially offensively and what he does inside and just how unguardable he really is that being said availability is always a part of the process that we don't talk about nearly enough and you being a Bucks guy you know this all too well it's just the availability of Giannis 
has just been critical to him winning two MVPs to the Bucks winning a, a title this past year. He's available. It's important that your stars are available and John Morant is available and he wants the smoke. He wants all of the smoke. He is going to work against everybody and he's looking like an MVP candidate in year two while Zion's not playing. Zion, just more questions than not with him. I don't know. The Grizzlies are a great story and I just, I'm curious to get your perspective on where you see their ceiling going because they're kind of like the Bucks a little bit where people really love the coach. They love the offensive system. They love the guys uh, around this one transcendent player with Giannis. And then you have like the Desmond Bain of the world um, surround and Jaron Jackson, maybe fill in that Chris Middleton role a little bit, but the just a team that's super likable around NBA Twitter and a team that people are like, well, can you still win a title with one guy who's a top five, top 10 player? And then a bunch of just really competent role guys. Um, that we just saw it happen. And that's not a shot at Chris Middleton. He's a top 20, top 25 player, top 15, depending on who you ask. But somebody on this or on this um, Memphis rotation could still get there, I think. We'll, we'll see. It's, that's the cool thing about being ahead of schedule is you have time to figure that out. But what do you make of uh, Memphis's run to this point? I mean, I think if you want to, it depends how you consider like the definition of contender, but I think mm-hmm. I could, I could see, I think Memphis should be probably counted as one of those teams. I think they could beat any team in the West uh, right now in a playoff series, except probably Phoenix. I think yeah. Phoenix is better. Um, Golden State, I, they're just such a mystery right now. Like Draymond's injury is obviously really concerning. Like I, they're not going to guard anybody if he's not healthy by the playoffs. Clay, I just don't think he's going to look 100% by this postseason, hopefully by next postseason. And Steph suddenly can't hit a shot it's like it's concerning man like it's been a long time now really started like right before he was going to break the record and that was what december yeah we're still in this space where he's like when he's playing he's not hitting any shots so i don't know what's going on with them but clearly they're they're not i don't think anymore they don't appear to be the you know surefire contender favorite to make it out of the west that they were utah is in kind of a free fall and obviously they're not healthy but i just think that team has some chemistry issues you know Rigo Bears complimenting how Devin Booker has defended his ass off and not saying anything about Donovan Mitchell feels like uh, a little bit of shade to me. The Nuggets, we'll see how healthy the Nuggets get, but they, they have an MVP candidate. They're a good team, but not overly deep. But you look at the Grizzlies, they kind of remind me in some ways. I don't think it's one to one. But the Warriors, when they were first coming on, just you have the transcendent superstar point guard. I think Desmond Bain is probably the closest thing we've seen to Clay Thompson in a while. The way he shoots the ball, scores in high volume. Jaron Jackson's looking like a Draymond Green type of defender this year. Maybe not that good, but he's had a tremendous impact on their defense, blocking a ton of shots, really a rim deterrent. I don't think he's as good, to be clear, as prime Draymond defensively, but he's having an outsized impact. That team is super deep, like those Warriors were. You know, they, they're obviously, I don't, I don't think Ja is quite to Steph level, prime Steph level yet. But, God, he's been really good this year. Um, and, yeah, I don't think anybody in the West wants to play them, right? Like, I don't think anyone's looking forward to it. And yeah. I think, you know, I know Utah dispatched them pretty easily last year. I think that's a different Utah team and a way different Memphis team. Um, and, yeah, I just – I think they could hang with anybody. I think the Suns probably beat them. I think the Suns are my favorite right now to come out of that conference. But I think the Memphis is really good. And I, I think just saying, you know, they're young, they're ahead of schedule, that's true. I don't think that disqualifies them from beating a very good team if they're just better. Yeah. 
I mean, I could also see them losing a four or five matchup against the Mavs. Like that could yeah, easily happen possible. as well. Like if you get Luca playing just important basketball and just how good Dallas has been defensively this year with Kid, that's just been the biggest difference with this team. There's not a lot of depth there, and there's still uh, questions with their rotation and what they're going to do with Brunson. But it seems like they're going to re up with him this off season, and that he that- wants to stay. That whole series, that'd be a fascinating KP series because yeah. I feel like a lot of a lot of that series comes down to how Chris Stops would play. That yeah. would be a fun four or five. I would agree. Um, the thing though that I, worries me more about the jaw, and I like the Golden State comparison, but the thing of the difference is like you knew when stay when Steph was coming on like this that like he had longevity in this league and that his style of play was just going to be conducive to a long career and a long time on top. I don't think that's the case with Jaw. I think Jaw, there the way I would look at it if I'm Memphis and if I'm in that front office is just that like, okay, this is awesome that we're ahead of schedule, but also we cannot we cannot dilly dally around like other teams can with superstars. Where I think like Giannis seems like the kind of guy who will keep going. Like I think it's more of a, a Philadelphia type situation with Joel. It's just they're not to that Joel point yet. Where Joel is playing an MVP level. He's probably going to win MVP this year. I think it should be honest, but I don't see the writers giving him three MVPs at this point in his career. Three and four years would be pretty amazing. Um, well, I know we'll get to the Bucks, but it would help if they played yeah. like a good team more often. I think right, right. now, I, I don't care to yell about his MVP candidacy. The team just hasn't been all that good. Although yeah. he's been awesome. Yeah, and then we'll we'll get to the Bucks and what's plaguing them as of late, but. I don't know. I just, I would, every fall, the way he plays, jaw is jaw dropping, but he's also terrifying. Where I just don't, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I'm just like, hey, let's go trade for Bradley Beal right now. Let's just go for this. Let's not wait. Let's not just play the long game with jaw because the long game's terrifying. And not to, like, the Derrick Rose stuff, I think is fair, at least a little bit, because Derrick Rose was an MVP and he was the best player in the league at one point. But they play the same in that they're just crashing like he's not Kyrie inside he's not falling gracefully he's not avoiding contact he's not someone who is going to be able to navigate inside the lane and just he he wants to attack he's just an aggressive finisher he's an aggressive player and aggressive players like that man I just I I would get nervous about building around this guy for 10 years and just expecting this to just be a thing year over year I'd be like no we have this lightning in a bottle with this kid Let's really go for it. Let's do the kind of like that young quarterback situation in the NFL where it's like you found the franchise guy. Okay, now let's like the Joe Burrow thing. All right, we're getting we're drafting Jamar Chase. We're drafting T Higgins. We're um, we're bringing in Tyler Boyd. We're investing in the offensive line. But like other teams have done that. This is what the Seahawks did when they won a Super Bowl when they figured out that Wilson was the guy is there's this new thing where you're like, oh, we have the young guy. He's cheap right now. Let's go all in and really maximize our window with jaw. And that's how I would approach it. But I understand both lines of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Rose is probably the best comparison for jaw. And listen, I mean, I think Derek Rose, still an impactful player in the league. And the injury was kind of a freak thing. I mean, there's maybe a higher chance with the you know, the degree of, of contact that, that Ja is taking. And I think he's gotten better at landing. His rookie year was truly a horror yeah. show. It's miraculous. There was nothing serious that happened then. Um, but there is certainly that risk. I mean, even uh, I think Russ is another fair comparison. Mm-hmm. Just like the overwhelming physicality is so much of, of what makes him special. And yeah, I don't think it's wrong to, 
to an extent, rush uh, around that guy. Would I trade like Desmond Bain or Jaron? No. But mm. I would try to trade like some future picks or maybe some guys who aren't playing as much and, and see what you can get for the next you know, maybe it's not all one year, but maybe it's what can we do between now and 2025? Like what, what can we do in the next three years? Cause we're already at least close, right? I mean, they're, they're not that far away the way they're playing this season. Um, and actually it's probably unlikely they'll be in a four seat in the four seed spot. They're, they're just too good. So, um, but I think this year for them, you get out of the first round for sure. You either have a good second round loss or, you know, win there and maybe even go to the conference finals should be the goal. But then maybe you get really ready for next year is the year that you go all in again, all in. I'm keeping my young, good players because they're good. Why Mm -hmm. not? Um, But I don't hate the idea of trying to speed this thing up. Like, I I just think they're ready to win. So why not go for it? I, uh, I love that you brought up the jazz here, too, because the jazz, I'm excited that this is getting weird because I was hoping that it would get weird for them. Um, The Gobert Mitchell stuff will never not be weird, but this was always a team that like sharks friend of the pod, Jonathan sharks wrote this great piece last year where it was like the Utah jazz have solved regular season basketball and pick and roll basketball where they just both defensively with the drop coverage and just offensively with the way they attacked, like the, just the Utah jazz figured it out and they're a well-oiled machine. But the question was whether or not they could translate that into an NBA title. Um, they were just a regular season machine. Now I'm just like, Oh, Joe Ingles is gone for the year. Like he's gone. That might be just it in general. He's 33 bad ACL injury for him. Like, will he ever be the same? We'll see. Um, but I don't know. So you cannot run this like back into the postseason with the same group minus Joe Ingles. I, I would sit Jeremy Grant down if I am Troy Weaver, who uh, I think is a DC guy along with Jeremy Grant. And I think they're pretty close. And that's part of the reason that he might stay is I would sit him down and be like, Hey man, I understand you want to be a number one on a team. Here's the thing. You're not a number one and you could actually flip a lot of Western conference, big time series. You could be an important cog in a lot of these big time series, playoff basketball, what you have not experienced yet. You have not gotten to experience anything like that. So even though you're not the number one usage guy, how about you go to Utah and you go play for a title? Like you swing a potential Western conference title. Cause right now, if you give up some pieces and you kind of um, min- like addition by subtraction, kind of what the Hawks did with uh, Cam Reddish that fortified their rotation a little bit, you get rid of Royce O'Neal or uh, Bogdanovich or whoever and some picks to bring in a Jeremy Grant. Then you have six to seven guys that Quinn Snyder can use, but those six to seven are going to be a nightmare and a playoff series. And I don't know if Jeremy Grant would be enough to make the Jazz the favorites, but at least they would be addressing the fact that they have figured out they did great stuff with Conley. Resigning him was a great move. He's been great for them. Mitchell is obviously phenomenal. Rudy Gobert is obviously phenomenal, but there was still that wing spot that they have just never addressed, and they've used role players, and that's fine and dandy for a time, but we've done this before, and I just I'm so curious to see what they do because they need to take a swing at a wing. And I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. I I don't know if it's going to be Grant. I don't know who the guy is, but I am curious because Memphis passing them in the standings cannot be sitting right with the Utah front office. No, I mean, that's the last team that can afford falling in in Mm -hmm. the four or five or lower 
for the first round. I mean, that team, I, mean, I think we've all heard by now. I was listening to the latest low post with uh, Zach, and the second part was um, um, McMahon talking about the Jazz, among other teams. And it's like, I can't imagine some of the stuff these guys are hearing because the way people talk about the discord and the jazz, it's like there must be a lot of things being said. Like it must be very open because it's discussed often. Um, and I think that team losing in the first round, that's just a disaster uh, for Utah. And I think Danny Ainge in there would certainly, if we don't see big moves by the trade deadline, we probably would after the season. But you know, I think upgrading Royce O'Neal into Jeremy Grant is close to the best thing they could do. Something like Royce O'Neal, you throw in Ingles for the salary. I'm, I imagine you need more than, than O'Neal just to get to the Grant number. Whatever picks you can throw in, maybe, I don't know, does, does Detroit want like Jared Butler? Maybe, you know, kind of intriguing young player. We'll see. But then I think you, you're able to have that five of Mitchell Gobert, Bogdanovich, Conley, and then um, Jeremy Grant, where I just think if you flip Boyan Bogdanovich for Jeremy Grant, your defense gets better. And I know Grant is a better offensive player now. I think you probably lose some pop that you need with Boyan. Like, I think their offense, I think they're still first in offense this year. Yeah. Their, their problem is really like perimeter defense as much as anything because, you know, everyone blames Gobert, which is kind of funny. And I think. The thing to blame Gobert for is like you need to do more offensively when teams go small. Like you look at the last three games of that Clippers series, just not having an outsized impact. I mean, if Nick Batum is going to be guarding you, I know he's not an offensive minded player, but you got to be putting up like 15 and 15 a game. Like you have to be dominating the boards. You got to be scoring over the little guys. You just have to. But defensively, it's not his fault. They're stretching him out to the perimeter. You can only play yeah. in one spot at a time and nobody can contain. I know they had injuries or whatever. I'm sick of the Jazz excuses the other team had an injury too Kawhi Leonard was gone like you can't make injury excuses if all you guys are playing and Kawhi Leonard is out um, but I, that's that's their big issue is they just can't contain so I think if you had uh, Jeremy Grant that helps but I worry like you know I think a part of it is just like Mitchell just needs to be better and Boyan yeah. Bogdanovich needs to, to step up a little too you can't expect that much but you know if you're flipping O'Neal for Grant that's still you know it's like a good defender into a maybe better defender who's a better offensive player like they just kind of need Mitchell to, to take that Devin Booker defensive leap that Rudy Gobert is uh, subtweeting or you know, sub taking subliminal shots about I should say yeah, and I don't know what they do, but it is weird. But I guess you can do great things. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't like all of his teammates and won titles. Kobe Bryant certainly did not uh, like certain teammates over the course of his career and won titles. I don't know. I don't think it necessarily you have to like each other, get along uh, to to win. And I think I as long as there's a mutual professional respect there, um, I think it's fine. But it is weird. I, I agree with you. At the very least, it's very strange. Um what NBA storyline has you most intrigued of late, Ty? Who have you been think? What what story have you been thinking the most about? Um, I've been thinking about a few of them. I mean, the Harden thing was fascinating. I, I don't think anything's going to come of it yeah. this year. I don't think he's going to get moved, but he pretty clearly isn't happy. And I do think, like, even if that doesn't mean he gets traded before the deadline next week. Um, it's probably not good for Brooklyn, even in the short term, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think, you know, whenever you need to put out a story that says, 
I'm focused on this year and the Nets have to put out a story that says we're not going to trade James Harden, you shouldn't need to put that out. Like, that shouldn't be necessary. And I think this is something that a lot of people kind of hinted at, myself included, with all the Kyrie part-time player, all this stuff. Like, it's a mess. It's, It's just a mess. And I think in addition to the team losing some more games, and they've still been good enough, they they don't care that much about seeding, and they shouldn't. But it's like, I think KD has been the the steady constant in this situation, which is kind of hilarious, given how Golden State went. But I think the other guys on the team have good reason to be upset when half the games they have Kyrie looking phenomenal, like 37 and 7, whatever, on good shooting. And then half the games, it's like when Harden sits and, and KD's hurt, they just have nothing. They have no offense left. It's like David Duke Jr. and and Kessler Edwards or whatever, you know, go go be Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden and Kevin Durant. And I think it's not a surprise that someone like Harden would be upset. And I think Harden clearly wants to get that first title, something that Kyrie and KD don't really have to worry about. Um, but I just think it's 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 fascinating to me um, that the Nets are going through all this. And, and who knows, maybe the mandate goes away. Maybe I, I don't think he's going to get vaccinated at this point. It doesn't seem like it. He seems pretty, pretty sure in, in his decision. Um, but it's just very it's, it'd be concerning if I'm a Nets person, even if you think you're going to have all three guys by the playoffs. It's never good if the team has those kind of internal things like we're talking about with the Jazz. Is there any chance that we just play the rest of Brooklyn home games in Denmark? Maybe that's the <laughs> maybe that's the key. Maybe that's how you flip things. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe that makes Harden happier. We'd have to look mm-hmm. up their statutes on strip clubs uh, and what right. the scene is like. Um, but I'm not sure how, how Harden would, would take to that one. But um, you never know. Well, he doesn't like Brooklyn, it seems like. So it can't yeah. be much worse living in uh, Denmark. I don't know. I live in Denmark for, for a couple months, see what it's like. Um, let's hit the Bucks, Ty. So you've talked about the weird stuff with them. Everyone's just kind of focused on the, the Grace and Allen play. Um, Drew Holiday been banged up as of late. The rotation. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you see with the Bucks? What, if you had to pinpoint why it's been weird outside of Giannis this year, what is it? Is it just they're not as deep as they've been in years past? Is it the rotation? Just there aren't a lot of great options for Coach Bud to facilitate has it just been a lot of people in and out of the lineup what uh, what do you pinpoint as the reason the bucks are not just demolishing the eastern conference this year yeah, I mean, I don't want to make any excuses because I think a lot of teams in the NBA have have had got pretty much every team except Utah for until the last month or whatever have had guys in and out of the lineup and have dealt with a lot and, and everything else. But I think the Bucks in particular. You just look at how limited they are at a few key positions. And I think it's killed them at random times this year. And, you know, every even good teams are going to have stinkers. I think they've had some stinker games when they're mostly healthy, um, which is kind of an issue in itself. But really, I think it comes down to without Lopez, they're so small. It's Giannis and Bobby Portis are the big guys, and that's it. I mean, Sandro Mamukelashvili is a two-way contract, picked fifty-fourth over fifty-fourth overall out of Seton Hall, and like he's played rotation minutes this year. I, I, he looks somewhat promising, but he's just he's not ready to play every night in the NBA, which is to be expected, you know, for a guy picked fifty-fourth overall on a two-way contract. Right, and they're they're just exceedingly small. And they had Boogie, and honestly, they looked great when they had Boogie. And I don't think it's because Boogie. Cousins is you know an amazing all-star player at this point in his career. I just think it's because they needed more size, and they just don't have options.
questions. So in the games, Bobby has been pretty remarkably healthy. I think he was out with COVID for a little while. But in the games when when Giannis is out or one of the two is out, you know, you start one big who's smaller than they're used to. I mean, Brooke Lopez is way bigger than either of those guys. And then there's just nobody coming off the bench except for like Mamre. So we've seen like Pat Connaughton and Chris Middleton playing four slash five in some lineups. You're just going to lose a lot of basketball games if you're that small. Um, and, and, you know, any any offensive shortcomings then with that with that size deficiency. So you're probably losing on the glass. You're probably not a very good pen, defending the paint team without without any size. And then if Chris has a bad game, which he's had a, a slow season for his standard, I think just the miles are catching up a little bit. And unlike the Raptors, the Bucks are not going to push guys and they're not going to have Chris play 53 minutes in a game or whatever. He's going to play the same minutes, whether he's making the shots or not. I just don't think they're that concerned game to game. You know, the bench, there's just not much scoring. Bobby Portis was a huge part of the bench scoring last year. You know, he's a starter now. So the best scorer coming off the bench is like Pat Connaughton, who is a very nice player, a, a good role player. But he's more that Robert Covington 3 and D type than, a, you know, a, a Jordan Clarkson, let's say. Like, they don't really have that guy. George Hill used to be that guy in his career. Now he's more of a facilitator off-ball piece as well, at, at most a combo guard. So I just think when, they're, when, they, when they, they have so many guys in and out, Lopez out basically all year, and whenever they're down one scorer, they just don't have much offense. Um, and that coupled with their small size defensively, especially in, in the non-Giannis minutes, means that they're not all that great on either end for, for a lot of the games. So I'm not overly worried. I just think they need to get healthy and probably add a body or two here. But they, they need to do it sooner or later because I'm sick of watching this bad basketball, quite honestly. Well, let's just say, Brooke, plays the majority of the season are we having any of these conversations no, absolutely yeah. not no i mean they're they're probably like a top three defense or mm-hmm. at least close to that uh and offensively they're way better too i just mm-hmm. think you know if you ever didn't appreciate brooke lopez yeah watch look at the bucks last year compared to this year um or just watch game five or six of the the conference finals when he was like the best player on no we don't have to watch that either yeah, now we can move on from that. Watch that yeah, yeah we can watch the regular season at least and and just mm-hmm. see how different everything looks i mean you know you talked about Utah and regular season defense and drop clearly has some limitations, but my goodness, is it helpful almost every night to have that option on both ends? Um, and yeah, they, they missed the hell out of him. So, you know, he's working out, he's getting shots up, no idea when he's going to come back. There's been virtually no update, but uh, if he's not going to be back soon, I think they need to go and find some big who can play. I mean, look at what Bismack Biombo is doing. They just need someone who can play and who has some size because right now they just don't have it. And uh, they're a little thin at point guard, too. They could use a big wing, although Wes Matthews guards up. Um, I would love Kenny Hustle on this team. I think he'd be perfect. But the most pressing short-term need, I think, is certainly just more size. They're just too small. Justin Holiday seems like he could be a fit. Uh, I just think he's too small. I, I've really? seen the, the rumors. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, you have Grayson Allen, yeah. Chris Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo, who's, mm, we'll see. Um, I think I think they'd be really interested in trading him. I don't know what the value is. He has not been very streaky since getting back. But, you know, Pat Connaughton, Wesley Matthews, who's been fantastic since they signed him. Um, they, they have a lot of guys who I think are... Oh, I have an idea. You can take Bogey now. You can uh, you can have Bogey. We're, we're good here in Atlanta. You can, you can uh, have Bogey I, back. I think, the, the, I mean, the, I think actually he'd be very 
helpful to the Bucks. Like just yeah. a guy who can create shots coming off of the bench, assuming Grayson continues to start, would make a ton of sense. Um, I mean, he can create shots. The the more <laughs> pressing issue is whether or not those shots go in. Uh, yeah. Well, I, although I will say in his defense, that is that is the vibe I got at the start of last season, and he really mm-hmm. came around late and had some really good playoff games. So for sure. Um, I, I, but the other thing with the Bucks for the trades, like the reason I throw out a get name like Kenrich Williams, yeah, is they just have no salary. To, if you assume Brooks yeah. coming back, you're not trading him. You know, Dante makes four million, George Hill makes four million. Um, the blocks just aren't really there, so like they couldn't even get up to Bogey's salary without moving like three guys. I think the last thing Atlanta wants is to take three more rotation level guys. Oh, no, that's not happening. Yeah, no, we're we're subtracting right now. Yeah. No, we're getting we're we're getting rid of pieces. Um, Do you think John Collins is on the way out? No, no, I don't. I, I it's so hard to read, but my guess is here's the thing about John Collins is that John Collins is the leader. Like he is someone that you pull him out of this locker room that terrifies me. Like yeah. especially like the Ben Simmons Trey stuff sounds great on the court. Like it's, it would work a lot better than people are freaking out about. Like giving Trey better three point looks all the time would be nice. And Trey just, I would like to see what that does for his three point percentage all time. Cause I think he's still like a 34% all time shooter, but it's a lot of yeah. tough looks. I would right. like to see what he got. I would see what that number is if he was getting a lot better looks. If he Basically, got, I, you just asked Simmons to do Draymond stuff. Right. Both ends, but yeah. And I would like, it would be fine. Those two would figure it out. They're basically two basketball savants. Um, that being said, you don't want either of those two as your leaders. Like that's not your your leaders of the locker room. You do not. Trey is a lot of things. Um, he's a top ten player in this league now. He is one of the most fun players to watch night in night out. But he's not someone. He's just not the vocal leader. He's just not the guy who's going to guide you through the tough times. He's not. He's kind of built like Harden um, in that role. So you can win a title with him as your best player, I think, but you still need the Draymond type in the locker room to keep this thing going and keep them up and make sure that he is doing what he needs to do defensively. And I don't know, just keeping everybody else engaged. Um, Cause he's always going to be a high usage guy. He's always like, it's just, you have to be very careful with who you yeah. bring in. If you move John Collins. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss is that Collins, I think is a really great player. Um, I think one of the things that kind of bums me out is that it, it's really hard to play with Trey and his usage rate is always going to be hard. And it's always going to be a scenario where bringing in anybody else, you have to sit them down and go, look, that's not changing. We almost went to the NBA finals with this being the case this early on in his career. Like the dude proved it. Like once he went on that playoff run, it was over. It was like, no, we're going to just back Trey and he can do whatever he wants in the playoffs. And like, we're going to live and die by Trey young. All that's fine. However, I just, Anyaka Nkongwu is great, and I think he's going to be a star in this league. Like That's coming. And you can't trade Capella yet, which complicates a lot of the stuff that I would like to see. Because Capella is probably the guy I would like to see move more than Collins, because I would I think Collins and Nkongwu can actually work as a 4-5 yeah. long-term, and just Nkongwu is just great. But I also don't... I don't know. Like I don't know what... I, DeAndre Hunter scares me. Like I've been the guy who said injuries. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's never going to end. Like there's just some guys in this league that are just injury prone and DeAndre Hunter has been huge, healthy. Like that's one of the biggest reasons the Hawks have turned things around as of late because he's healthy and he's playing great basketball. DeAndre Hunter, I've always said is a great player. DeAndre Hunter is not going to be available when it matters. And until he proves otherwise, like 
I, I don't know what to do. Like, I would rather sell high on DeAndre Hunter now mm. and see what other teams around the league think of him for someone who's available. Like, I'm all about availability, bringing it back to John and everything else. It's just that, like, I am thinking Trey Young's just for whatever reason, even though he gets destroyed a lot, he's fine. That guy is a warrior. He's fine. John Collins is fine. I don't know about DeAndre Hunter. Like, I just, I'm too nervous. Bogey, not available, hurt yeah. a lot. Like, yeah. that's, that matters. If his knee's never going to be 100% right and we need him to play big time playoff minutes, we're in a bind. So, like, when I'm thinking like a seven game series and guys I need around Trey to go to war with, I don't know. Collins is one of the guys I want going to war with Trey. And I, I would keep him and I would sell high on DeAndre, is basically where I'm at. Yeah, it's just the the report that came out, and I don't know. You never know how true any of this stuff mm-hmm. is. Um, obviously, there's some quote unquote sources you can just throw away uh, off rip, but I think this one was was seemed pretty pretty legit. That like they're they're talking at least entertaining calls about moving him, even if there's not like a superstar or a star level player coming back. I just thought that was very interesting. We'll see if it actually materializes. I don't know why. Um, I think the Jeremy Grant thing makes a little sense, but. You know, if you're the Hawks, you're probably saying Detroit needs to throw stuff in. And I don't know why Detroit would do that. Like, I just don't really yeah. see why they why they'd be in such a rush to get John Collins. who I think he's a yeah. fun player, but they, they don't think they need that guy. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think like, you know, more defense around Trey is good. I think John Collins's offense is really good, too, though. Yeah. And I mean, that was the other thing I was going to say about Collins is that like his offensive frustration fall on deaf ears because this team's a top three offense right now. Right. And it's like, well, no, that's not been our issue. It's like us featuring you more doesn't help things. That would probably make things worse, unfortunately. And that just sucks because John Collins is great. And it's just, I think human nature, a lot of times where guys just want to do more and they believe that they can do more. Um, the Jeremy grants of the world. And it's like, man, that's, that's something that I feel like you have to be in the league for a long time to realize that, oh, maybe I'm, I'm not that guy. Maybe I just carve out my role as a niche guy later on. But it's hard to tell a young dude who's going for that next contract, who just got paid, who believes that they can be a better player and a bigger usage guy when that's not the case because you're, they're paid like one and they're young and they think there's more to unlock. I don't think there is, but I also just don't think that's where the Hawks need to put their focus on. So as of right now, I think there's going to be a lot less fireworks in Atlanta than there would have been two to three weeks ago. But I do think Schlink wants to continue to trim this rotation down. And I would not be surprised if it's like a Harrison Barnes, I would be okay with if it's a buddy healed, even just add more shooting, just go down with worse defense, great shooting and just see um, how that goes in seven game series. But I don't know. I think he'll probably take a, a mild swing, Eric Gordon. I don't know, something like that just to, throw in another guy around Trey and John and, and company and see what happens in the playoffs. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hope John Collins does not get traded because I enjoy watching John Collins play basketball. Uh, he's a lot of fun and I hope that he continues to be an Atlanta Hawk. Um, what about Spencer Didwitty? What do you think about him? Like it, that's really weird that uh. has been as toxic as it's reportedly been in DC um, is it though? Is this not? Is this not just the Wizards every yeah. year somehow? I mean, no matter who's around, this. But I don't understand it. Like we all just collectively on NBA Twitter, like, oh, it's a great fit. Like I love the yeah. idea of Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie. And then you're like, oh, there's a personal element here that we just always we we can't know as people on the outside like how these guys are and what the locker room situation is going to be like. But the fact that it was 
or it's been as reportedly as bad as it's been with Dinwiddie in that group. I, I, I did not see that coming whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, and I think there were some signs earlier, like remember like a month into the season or less, like there was like a public report about Wizards players didn't like the way Wes Unsell Jr. It was a defense or offense or whatever. Hmm. And it's like, that's such a worrying thing to leak that early yeah. into a coach's tenure. And I think, you know, there's, you know, there's some young guys on the team, but a lot of vets on this team too like Bradley Beal obviously Kuzma has been around for a little while now Dinwiddie KCP's been on championship teams Harrell's been on very good teams like it's not like it's strictly young players like you would expect better and I do think some of this goes back and uh, some of this has to lay at the the feet of Brad Beal because it's you wanted your team it's definitely your team your team has been bad and I think it's been bad on and off the court. And I think as the, the supposed or the, the at least anointed leader of, of the squad results have been bad. You know, it's bad because, you know, I, I go on Reddit from time to time, which I don't necessarily recommend, but like, it feels like every time I see a post from wizards, Reddit, it's like, we got to trade Beal now. It's just not working. It's like, geez, they're already just like, and of course this could just be, you know, the scorned, you know, a, a, a vocal minority or whatever. Whatever. But I mean, I kind of get it too. Like, is I don't know if it's the foul rules or what. He's only drawing five free throws per game this year, still putting up, you know, 23 and, and six and a half assists or whatever. The efficiency from three has been pretty bad. Same for, for Spence. But, you know, I just think this is you know, a team of maybe guys who just aren't really getting along. And, and after an early hot start, which uh, I was one of the few, I think surprisingly, who was like, that's not sustainable. They're not going to be a great defensive team. They're not a great defensive team. They're now 22nd or uh, this is basketball reference. They're not a great defensive team uh, to put it, to put it simply three games under 500 12th in the East. So I just think you take the initial, maybe guys not getting along, which as you said, we can't know for sure. Concrete stuff here, stuff just leaks out. We have to take what we get. It. But like I said, that early thing in the season wasn't a good sign. Spencer Dinwiddie basically saying, you know, I tried to be a vocal leader and nobody listened. On one hand, it's like, well, yeah, kind of duh. I mean, you know, you're a vet, but I don't know. It's a little a little ambitious maybe on, on Spencer's part. But losing just makes everything worse. And I think you're 12th in the East. You didn't get along in the first place. It probably shouldn't be super surprising this is happening. But I hope that they kind of blow this thing up a little bit. I think they have some good pieces. But I mean, if you can get a haul for Brad Beal right now what are you really waiting for at this point like what do you you really think you're going to build a winner around him next year after after this I don't know they're in a weird spot man I don't envy the situation that Tommy Shepard's in because I you can make the case either way where you just ride like we've seen what happens when you trade somebody like Bradley Beal like you could be the magic very easily and the magic have just been stuck in the mud for years for years everything post white has been awful like they cannot get out of it like we like to make it seem like oh we're going to bottom out we're going to trade our star and then we're going to do this and we're going to hit on this and then we're going to get a couple guys and then we're great that rare like that is so much easier said than done the bulls were trying to do that and then the bulls were like all right screw this we're trading for vooch and we're just we're we're doing this we're we're moving out of this we're moving out of the gutter um it's easier said than done so i understand the trepidation for keeping Bradley Beal and I would just be like I thought that the trade with the Lakers this offseason was great like you added a bunch of depth around Bradley Beal like that was a like we saw the early returns it was like oh the Wizards Bradley Beal plus a bunch of depth is pretty great 
in the Eastern Conference. And if Bradley Beal is happy, similar to what the Blazers are dealing with um, with Damian Lillard, if those guys are happy and like you're able to still be a playoff team year over year, you never know who the next unhappy star is. And you never know if you have like that one bottom out year or whatever this year, and then you stumble into a star in the draft or you trade that pick for somebody interesting. Like it's already hard enough to find a Bradley Beal. It's already hard enough. Um, It's all next to impossible to find the next Damian Lillard. Like the Blazers, if they ever decide or Lillard ever finally does request a trade, it's just going to be very unlikely that it's just going to be a seamless transition from Lillard to next star in Portland. Like it's going to be rough and you might never get there. You might just watch bad basketball in that area for 10 years. Look at what the Suns were before this past year. Like the Suns were, they missed the playoffs, what, 10 years? Look at the Kings. The Kings can never get out of it. The Kings can never get off. Like they can never get off anything uh, from the early 2000s. Like we're still waiting on the Kings to figure their stuff out. So, if I'm the Wizards and I still think there's a chance that I can figure some stuff out with Bradley Beal, I would do it because we've seen the other scenarios of teams that think, oh, we can do it. We can tear it all down and rebuild and be fine. Man, it sounds great in theory, but when you watch that bad basketball and you see how that looks year over year, it's rough. Look at the Magic. Now they have black and orange jerseys so that you never know that you're watching the Magic. But counterpoint on the magic, I mean, they mm-hmm. they clung to Aaron Gordon and, and company for so yeah. long and Vooch and Reno, what, like what, a year, a year or two mm-hmm. after finally flipping them and getting those extra picks. Now you have Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs and all these players who look good. And, you know, I think they're in a much better place than they were floundering with Vooch and, and Gordon and everything else. So I think the the hard part is determining what the upside is. And I, I don't know. I just think if you're the Wizards, you haven't been that banged up this year relative to the rest of the league and you're 23 and 26 in 12th place in the Eastern yeah. Conference. I just think at that point, you got to say, be a little realistic and go, you know, what star could we actually get? How much of our team would we have to give up to get them? You know, is it like a rust deal where you have to give up the whole rotation? I mean, the Lakers have two guys who are a lot better than Brad Beal when healthy and it's not really working out for them. Um, so I, I just think... I, I think for them, I agree with your point generally that rebuilding always sounds easier than it is and, and you shouldn't rush into it. I'm at a point with the Wizards where, and then the Pacers too, where I'm just like, okay, it's just not, it's not it. They don't have it. They, they just need, they, they got to do something. Like, I think, I think you end up as, you know, the Kings are the Kings. That's kind of an exception. But like, I think you end up as the magic by first trading the guy and then like clinging to the next guy's you know, we can't lose these guys. And sometimes you just got to look at like, what are these guys actually doing for us? That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. We'll see what happens on yeah. that front. Um, Gaffer could be fun in a Bucks uniform. He's out of the rotation now. So I don't know. Yeah. How much does he make is the question, but I, I, you know, he can't make guy. much, right? There's Any, no way. There's, Gaffer did he just get an extension? He had an extension guy. Maybe Thomas Bryant still doesn't. Cause they haven't, they, let's see. They have three bigs and they can. Oh, Gafford is. So, yeah, he is. I I don't I think it's a funky trade thing. So he got an extension tacked onto his contract, but after next year. um, So I'm not sure exactly. So this year's number is real low. I think it might be. Thomas Bryant's only one year, eight million. Harold's one year, nine. Harold, kind of. It's just you have to give up two rotation pieces, which is a lot for Montrose Harold. Yeah. Um, Gafford, I think, cannot be traded this year, is the okay. thing because of that. So, or maybe mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah. That makes sense. 
All right, Ty. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, how can the good folks keep up with your great work with the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, your Bucks coverage and all the great stuff going on at Blue Wire? Yeah, man. Appreciate appreciate the kind words and having me on. Anyone who is interested can follow me on Twitter at Ty Windish, T-I-W-I-N-D-I-S-C-H, and follow the, the podcast now called Eurostep Podcast Network because we joined yeah. forces with another Bucks pod uh, right before the playoffs last year. So you can find us wherever you're listening to this great podcast and be sure to give us the same five-star rating and review that I'm sure you've already given the Chase Thomas podcast. And if you have do that right now. Uh, we also have a Substack, gspn.substack.com. You can find us on YouTube, Eurostep Podcast Network. Or if you need help, you really want to find the stuff, you can't find it, just, you know, at me on Twitter. I will always, always, always eager to point people in the direction of my own content. There you go. Same here. Same here. <laughs> Same here. And all the great stuff uh, that's going on, like road tripping, Max Crosby, yeah. all kinds of great stuff coming over to the Blue Wire Pod Network. So, Go subscribe to Ty's podcast and the great folks over there at GSPN uh, and all the other great pods on the Blue Wire Network. Ty, thank you so much for the time. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we will have to check back in again and talk Bucks and NBA again soon. Please, after Brooke Lopez comes back, so I'm in a better mood next time. Okay. We have a deal. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.